1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. We're still in this series on faith and prayer, and prayer is so important. I think the reason people don't pray is they prayed and they didn't get results. We got the, we got the greatest testimony this week. Somebody, somebody was working with somebody, right, that was praying the rosary? And, uh, and they were able to witness to them. And uh, it was just a great testimony. I think that we may be online to share that this coming Sunday. It's just huge because there's a way to pray. Jesus taught us how to pray. And, uh, but people don't want to follow the recipe. We were saying last Wednesday that this new creation in Christ has two formidable enemies and the worst one is sense knowledge. We would think that our worst enemy is Satan. Well, not really because we've been given authority over him and his works. We'll get to this. But the greatest enemy of the new creation is sense knowledge. And I said last Wednesday, if you want to learn more about sense knowledge, then get E.W. Kenyon's book, Two Kinds of Knowledge. I mean, 16 months ago, how did I know that uh, the virus would pass us right on by? How did I know that the virus would pass our Faith Christian Center family right on by? How did I know 16 months ago that the virus would pass our St. Paul's Preparatory Academy right on by? Well, that wasn't through sense knowledge. Because if you're going by sense knowledge, what is sense knowledge? Well, it's what CNN's telling you, MSNBC, you know, and science. <laughs> and you realize what, when, what they're calling science isn't really science, it's scientism, it's a religion. Amen. And I, I stood right out here in the middle of last year and an MD in the church told me, she said, everything they're saying is exactly the opposite of what we were taught in medical school. And a lot of the things, you know, this, we're coming to the end of this month, and the things that they're celebrating this month that wasn't but a handful of years ago were defined as mental illness. And uh, the problem in my lifetime is calling any of the social sciences science. The word social and the word science don't go together. I mean, Sue and I both took psychology and sociology in college. And I understand the disciplines, trying to understand the human mind, trying to understand how people interact with each other, but you can't call it science. It's not like uh, the, the chart of the elements. It's not like uh, algebra, do you understand? In other words, it's theories, ideas, opinions. And that's really what a lot of this is. It's theories, ideas, opinions. Now, you know, my 89-year-old mother-in-law, she's still as sharp as a whip, and, and she knew right off the bat that this was just, I don't know what you call it, 
the response. The virus is real. The response is the issue. And if the American people have submitted to all this tyranny over a virus with a 99.8% survival rate, what's going to happen when a virus comes down the road with only a 97% survival rate? I mean, literally, the loony bin asylums are going to be full of people. Amen. But our forefathers fought the Revolutionary War against the British in a smallpox pandemic that had a kill rate of 30%. 30%. Say 3-0. Yeah. Sense knowledge. So how do I define... I don't know that I've ever read a definition of revelation knowledge, but here's how I define revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge is anything you find in the written word of God and or anything that the Holy Spirit tells you that is consistent with the written word of God. So if, if some voice tells you that you can have three women on the side... Uh, that doesn't line up with the written word of God. So that's either your demented imagination or you ate too much or something. Do you understand? So revelation knowledge is anything we find in the written word of God and anything the spirit of God says to you that is congruent, lines up with the written word of God. Revelation knowledge. And the enemy of the new creation is sense knowledge. It's a real discipline to walk by revelation knowledge. Entrenched in all our universities, colleges, technical schools, backed up by the press and religious periodicals, the great mass of those in the ministry are devotees of the achievements of the senses in the realm of the so-called sciences. It's amazing. And if you can't figure out after COVID, the COVID-19 debacle of 2020 that science isn't really science, science is just another way for Satan to propagate his lies, then you may be permanently caught up in the sense knowledge trap. I use sense knowledge all the time. You know, today's the last day of the month. So tomorrow there's certain spreadsheets and I'll square them up. It's math. It is what it is. You know, the bank charged me X on my mortgage and it'll be off a few bucks off my math and, and I'll adjust it. Some, some months I'm ahead a little bit, some months I'm behind a little bit. Over the course of a year, it all washes out, but I keep track of stuff. That's sense knowledge, but I can't get healed doing that. Do you understand? I can't, I can't do, I can't believe in $100,000 doing that. So we can do things by revelation knowledge. We can never do by sense knowledge. And you can't trust sense knowledge because they're redefining it all the time. I mean, how would you feel if you opened your Bible tomorrow morning and the tithe was 12%? That's what the government does. I mean, it is a, it is a moving target 24-7, 365. So revelation knowledge is what we can actually count on. Now, 
this new creation in Christ, this believing one, this Superman we've been calling him has been held in bondage by sense knowledge and the operatives of sense knowledge. These are the jailers of the new creation. If God's, let me tell you what, if God says something's a sin, it's a sin. That's it. Case closed. Yeah, but. You got to watch those, you know, yeah, buts. If he says it's a sin, it's a sin. And today in these last days, the father is calling for his sons and daughters to come out of the foxholes of fear and doubt and meet their enemies in open combat. When I say enemies, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about spirits. Satan can no more conquer this body of Christ when it knows its rights than he could conquer Jesus on the day of his resurrection. We are partakers. We are sharers in his resurrection. Colossians 3, 1, we've been giving you also on Sundays. Since then you have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? You have been raised with Christ. That's past tense. Completed action. The work is done. Jesus did the work for you. Jesus did the work on your behalf. See, our challenge, our challenge is to believe it and walk in it. The Holy Week revival next year is going to be Well, the title of it just flew out of my head, but it's going to have to do with taking action on the Word of God. Everybody's favorite topic. That's why the whole Metroplex isn't here. But that's what faith is. Faith is taking action on the Word of God. And that's, that's the challenge of it. It's the challenge of it, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, just yesterday... Something that could impact me more than nearly anything in my world. And I know what people expect of me. People expect me to pray my best prayer. And I did that for decades. But just yesterday, I took somebody by the hand and I spoke words over them. And that was it. And then today, you know, we get word, everything's fine. But I'm just saying, I think sometimes we, we do a whole lot. It's like in government, they call them CMA reports, cover my you know what. In other words, we, we do a whole lot of, of verbosity to make it sound like we, we know what we're doing and we know what we're talking about to cover ourselves. But what's been working for me is just to be bold. It's what we boldly confess that we get. Tell your neighbor, it's what we boldly confess that we get. I mean, it was just nuts, April 2020, to say that Faith Christian Center would end 2020 with more cash and less debt than 2019. That was just crazy when businesses were shuttered. But I knew it by revelation knowledge. You can, you can do things by revelation knowledge you can never do by sense knowledge. Because when you're in the realm of sense knowledge, you're in the realm of man. And when you're in the realm of revelation knowledge, you're, you're operating in the realm of God. See, we were raised together with Christ. In God's view, we are there right now at the right hand of the Father, 
seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. Shout out right now. Right now. Yeah, say, I'm seated with Christ, I'm seated with Christ. Right, now. right now. So therefore, we possess resurrection ability. See, we're in Christ. We, we possess resurrection ability. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will... <laughs> oh my gosh, here I go again. I'm telling you, we, we just got to leave Pentecostalism behind like we got to leave a lot of stuff behind. You know, when he says you shall receive power, he's... I love Pentecostal people. I've been around Pentecostal people for 60 years, but... Well, he's not talking about the power to twerk and jerk. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I'll run. You've seen me run in this church. But that's not the power he's talking about. Goosebumps. That's not the power he's talking about. <laughs> and I think that a lot of Pentecostalism is well-intentioned people pacifying themselves it's like you know sucking on a passy they're pacifying themselves with their powerlessness you know I was so blessed to be around the men I was around because I'm telling you what Summerall had power with God Oral Roberts had power with God Kenneth Hagin had power with God And, and none of them were weirdos. <laughs> See, you got a lot going on. And, and let me tell you what, a lot of Word of Faith ministers and minist ministries and ministers are sliding back into Pentecostalism, and I don't understand it. Showmanship, theater, goosebumps, twerking, jerking. And, and to me, that's... That's not, that's not going to get the attention of the world. I mean, they might mock us and make fun of us, but that's not going to get their attention. It's healings. People being delivered and set free, that's what will get the world's attention. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, from which we get the English word dynamite. Young translates it, I like this, Young translates it, ability. You shall receive ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you or recreates you. That's even better. You shall receive ability when the Holy Spirit recreates you. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we, all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Not according to his power that's at work down at the convention center once a year. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The problem is this. How long are we going to be held in bondage by sense knowledge? And it just gets worse and worse and worse. You drive, you drive down 20 over there in Dallas and, and great big huge churches have banners celebrating racist stuff and sexual stuff that's prohibited in the Bible. Sense knowledge. Well, everybody's doing it. Well, everybody's not doing it. I'm not doing it, so everybody's not doing it. Amen? 
How long are we going to refuse to take our place as the sons of God? How long are we going to be intimidated by the fears and the doctrines of men all the while the word of God is ignored? To the world, Christianity is a root out of dry ground. To most of the people of this world, Christianity has been a useless vine. I mean, think about how Christianity is completely and totally ignored in 2021. Totally and completely ignored. Something they could hang their doctrines and creeds upon. You know, everybody's worked up because the Roman Catholic Church won't serve uh, Pelosi and Biden communion. (laughs) Well... You know, they ought to thank God that's all they're doing to them. But here at Faith Christian Center, Christianity is coming to be to us what it really is in the mind of the Father. And here's the Spirit's challenge, that you are learning to have faith in your own rights in Christ. That you are learning to have faith in your own rights in Christ. And I'm telling you what, it's... it's, it's It's a challenge. I'm going to get to it. I don't want to get ahead of my notes. I'm telling you, it's a challenge. Something came up last month. And uh, I could tell Sue was disappointed in me. She wanted me to pray my best prayer. And I I just said a few words. And, you know, I don't remember what she said in response, but I could tell she wanted me to pray. I said, it's done. See, we, we need to come to a place where we have faith in our rights. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Faith in the Word of God operating through us. Now, I'm not talking about saying and declaring crazy stuff, but things that are congruent with the written Word of God. So we need to begin to act like the sons and daughters of God because you have all of heaven behind you. You have the very angelic forces to do your bidding. God is your strength and God is your ability. All things are possible to you because you are daring to act on the word of God. You are daring to live as Jesus dared to live in his earth walk. And I know that whenever you talk about Jesus, people say, well, that was Jesus. But Philippians 2, 7, the Greek word is kenosis. He emptied himself of his ability. He emptied himself of his glory. In John chapter 1, the Greek reads that he tabernacled among us. It reads in the Greek that he pitched a tent and he lived among us. And there's not a single miracle in the four Gospels you don't see repeated by followers of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Acts. There's not one, including the raising of the dead. There's not a single miracle. Yeah, but what about the feeding of the 5,000? They were doing that back in the Old Testament. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, and that makes you a master of Satan. Say it out loud, I'm, a ma- I'm Satan's master. I'm Satan's master. That gives you access to the throne. That permits you to take your place as a victor, as a spirit warrior, and as a conqueror in Christ. You can have the consciousness that you are taking Jesus' place. Look at Mark eleven twenty two. Let's let's just rehearse this from the Holy Week revival. Mark eleven twenty two. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Then he shifts gear gears. Therefore I say unto you, What things shall you desire? 
believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. So Paul says that we too have this same kind of faith, this same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken, and we also believe and therefore speak. It's a speaking faith. It's a, listen to this, it's a speaking faith based on revelation knowledge. Everything Everything the left does is designed to get you to agree with lies. And I hate to even, I hate to even start listing them because, you know, they'll pull this off YouTube. But literally, it's all designed to get you to agree with lies, whatever the lies are. Nobody's dealing with reality. Slavery was going on all over the world. It was a guy named Wilberforce in England that led the crusade to eliminate slavery. It was white Christian folk that eliminated slavery. And then slavery went on in Africa for a hundred more years and in most parts of the world. And slavery is still going on in the Muslim countries and in Mexico with the cartels. And nobody says a word about it. Everybody's all worked up over something from 150 years ago, but nobody's talking about what's going on today. But it was, it was white Christian folk that ended slavery. Wilberforce, look it up. Now, I'm not saying slavery. And then, you know, then they, this is one of the reasons they dismissed the Bible because, you know, slavery's in the Bible. Slavery's in the Bible not because God invented slavery. Slavery's in the Bible because men were enslaving men. So God had to deal with it. He wasn't condoning it. He wasn't teaching it. But he was teaching, look it up, read it. He was teaching them to not mistreat these people. It's amazing. But the whole agenda is to get you to agree with, and the thing is, they're making up new lies every week. They're making up new lies every week. So we are to have a speaking faith based on revelation knowledge. See, faith doesn't work for... <laughs> That's awful strong, Father. Faith doesn't work for liars. And, and you can't spend six days going around and repeating the lies of Satan and then speak the word on Sunday. <laughs> Say it out loud. Faith doesn't work for liars. See, and over and over in the New Testament, Paul says, the God who cannot lie. He cannot lie. And, you know, this culture's got ministers of the gospel repeating all kinds of lies. What kind of faith is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith believes and therefore speaks. Paul says that, we too have this same kind of faith, this same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Say it out loud. Faith, faith. is a speaking thing, a speaking thing. 
based on revelation knowledge. The same spirit of faith. And notice Paul says we have it. We having the same spirit of faith. But the spirit of faith can't operate on the basis of lies. It's like that condo that fell in Surfside, California. If the foundation is bad, the structure is not going to stand. And if the foundation is lies, that whatever superstructure you build on it is going to come down. It may not come down this week, this month, but it's coming down. Every believer has this God kind of faith. Every believer has a measure of this God kind of faith that speaks. In Mark 11, where this is based, uh, these verses about faith, when Jesus cursed that fig tree as a sermon illustration, Jesus knew there was power in his words. He used that event as a sermon illustration. When he spoke to that fig tree, it, it withered and died. That is how Jesus released the ability of God in that instant. And the point is not that we ought to go around cursing trees. The point is he took that as a teaching opportunity. He spoke to the fig tree. And how did Jesus release the ability of God in healing the centurion servant in Matthew 8? He spoke to that servant across a great distance. And how did Jesus release the ability of God in raising Lazarus from the dead in John 11? He spoke to Lazarus. And how could Jesus' words have so much power? Well, in this he was not alone. What would it be like to live a blessed life like Samuel? I've always been fascinated by 1 Samuel 3.19. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Well, Samuel was an Old Testament saint. He wasn't even a new creation in Christ, and yet God let none of his words fall to the ground. See, we haven't even begun to explore our rights. If only the words of Jesus had that much power, we could get off the hook by saying, well, that was Jesus. But then how could Samuel's words have so much power in the Old Testament? So our goal in prayer ought to be to bear much prayer fruit. And our goal as believers ought to be that none of our words fall to the ground. And the problem with this is, you know, lying and telling coarse jokes and talking too much. Kenneth Copeland tells the story of having a meal with Kenneth Hagin. And, and, and I, Sue and I have eaten with Kenneth Hagin twice, I think. And... You're, you, you could never have a more silent experience than eating with Kenneth Hagin. You remember that, Austin? I mean, the man just didn't say anything. So Kenneth Copeland was eating with Kenneth Hagin once, and he asked him, he said, you know, you, know you, you speak in all these places all over the country, all over the world. You're talking all the time, but when you're not in the pulpit, you hardly say anything. Why is that? Kenneth and Dad Hagin said, well, the less to repent of. But, you know, coarse joking, repeating the lies, lies of the world. The problem is, remember in James it says, fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring and it shouldn't be. So we can't, we can't talk, you know, Fauci uh, six days and then talk faith the seventh day. It's not going to work. <laughs> and, you know, it's frightening. <laughs> hey, I've been born again 60 years, and I'm telling you what, it scares the heck out of me. 
the way I live? A few weeks ago, I got up and, you know, I couldn't find Sue. And I checked, you know, the cars were there and I'm looking and look. I thought, did I miss the rapture? <laughs> the way I live. Because Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And it's frightening to me because, I mean, very, very few famous ministers stand with the Word of God. And it's frightening to me. Because I also know the Bible says that we who teach others, James says we who teach others will be judged, judged more strictly. So God expects us to stand with him. God, expect, God expects us to stand with him. God expects us to stand with his word. I mean, what would you think of me? What would you think of Austin if Austin went around saying, you know, my dad's word's no good. You can't believe one thing that comes out of his mouth. Well, you wouldn't think well of me, and you wouldn't think well of Austin. Well, that, but that's what, that's what men of God are doing to God the Father. Because the, the, everybody, anybody who can read knows what the Bible says, and ministers get up every Sunday and disagree with it. For the sake of appeasing the world. And, and if you haven't figured it out, you can't appease the world because their standards change every, forget about every seven days. You can't even keep track of what is going on. So if God says, said it, it's true, and everything else is a lie. So our goal is to, in prayer, ought to be to bear much fruit. And our goal as believers ought to be that none of our words fall to the ground. You might say, Pastor Gene, that's a tall order, to which I would reply, I believe, I do, I believe before the Lord comes back for his church, the people of God will return to the book of Acts level Christianity. I believe that. And I believe the Lord comes back for his church, the people of God will begin to act like new creations in Christ. Twenty twenty would not have been possible without TV and the internet and dumb phones and social media. What do I mean by prayer fruit? John fifteen seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. New King James. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. He's talking about prayer fruit. Is your time in prayer bearing any prayer fruit? Abide means to live in, settle down in, and take up residence in. Not an overnight stop, long term. Here's a paraphrase, John 15, 7. If you live in, settle down in, and take up residence in me, and my words live in, settle down in, and take up residence in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. But how can he say, ask what you will? The key is, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. See, if... If, if you abide in him and his words abide in you, how far off the reservation can you get? But we, we the modern church doesn't have his words abiding in them. They've got the words of uh, 
you know, social science people and, you know, politicians. When you live that way, you'll know what God's word says. You'll know what God's will is. You'll say it, tell your neighbor, the Bible is God speaking to me and the Bible is God speaking to you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the Bible is God speaking to you and the Bible is God speaking to me. So when you live that way, you'll know what God's word says. You, you will know what God's will is. You'll know what your covenant rights are. You'll know what has been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And, and listen, I can always tell when people are doing the annual Bible reading, a lady came up to me a few months back, you know, she was just mesmerized. You could tell, man, she was just astounded, man. She was, she just had great revelation. She said, Pastor, you know, she, she leaned in and whispered. She said, Pastor, did you know the Bible forbids men from wearing women's clothes? <laughs> I said, Sister, it's all in there. It covers everything. Yeah. And I can list some other things that the Bible forbids, but I don't want to hurt church attendance. <laughs> when we pray, we know we're not failing. We know we're winning. When you know how to pray. That's why we're doing this series, when you know how to pray. When we pray, our lives have power, and we see the fruit. We see that we're making out of failure men and failure women successes in this life. We, we couldn't have paid this church off last year without ex-drug addicts. We couldn't have paid this church off last year without people who had been divorced and remarried. Well, I just believe, you know, that I want to go to a church where, you know, the Christians are perfect. Well, that means you have to leave. You know, my best friend in high school pastors a church outside of Houston, and on his website it says we could all use a little grace. Yeah, that's true. We could all use a little grace. Actually, we could all use a lot of grace. For when we pray and when we obey God, other people see failures transfigured into successes. We become a success, and then we, we help transform other people into successes. When we pray, other people see men who have been held for years absolute slaves to narcotics and drinks set free to walk in the fullness of their liber liberty in Christ Jesus. People who were broke, now they're not broke. People who are lived in poverty, now they're not living in poverty. When we pray, those in bondage reach their hands out for help, and our Father God takes hold of them and lifts them up and sets them on the solid rock, which is Jesus. So develop the prayer habit and join in this mighty group of intercessors who are making the desert places blossom like the rose. You who have never made prayer the central business of your daily life, make an investment of time and see what God will do. But it's not just praying. I think it's Sunday we're going to read this praise report about somebody witnessing to somebody that was praying the rosary and not getting results. It's not just a matter of praying. You realize, right, and I shouldn't say this, but you realize, right, they were praying in all those concentration camps. So it's not just praying. You have to know how to pray. For prayer is the greatest business of the age, yet it seems to be an art form, a secret to which too few have ever 
learn to appreciate. You just know from seeing what these preachers are doing, they're not reading the Bible and they're not praying. Am I right? They're not reading the Bible and they're not praying. Because if they were reading the Bible, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. If they were praying, the one I pray to would call them out. So open yourself up to God in prayer and let him pour himself through you until your home and your business and the people around you can feel the life of God and the love of God in you. For in him we live and move and have our being. Until 2 Corinthians 2.14 becomes a reality in your life, but thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Sue and I were watching that movie Everest about the disaster in the mid-90s on Mount Everest. And, and in one of the scenes, I said to my wife, I said, why would they pick that fat, ugly actress to, be, to play that part? And Sue, Sue burst out laughing. She said, well, you obviously don't know who that is. And she said who it was. And I, th I thought, wow, <laughs> I married a real hottie. <laughs> because, you know, this, this actress was like 10 years younger than Sue. I mean, you know, just looked terrible. Lifestyle. But, you know, we, we live in him. We live and move and have our being. And we don't do these things that take a toll on us. It's lifestyle. It's the blessing of the Lord. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. My wife did a sermon a few years ago, and I was surprised. She rehearsed it, which I don't know that I've ever done. She rehearsed it. She said, my husband will get in the car and, and he'll say, I hate poverty. And he'll go down the list. I hate what it does to people. I hate, I hate how, I hate how the, their teeth start falling out of their head. I hate how, you know, how they just look so old so fast. I hate how it ages people. I hate poverty. And people don't understand that about me. If you're here tonight and you're poor, my mission is to see you come up out of that so you're poor no more. Amen. I hate poverty. Amen. I hate poverty as much as I hate anything because I see with my eyes what it does to people. But thanks be to God. Lift both hands and say, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. In fact, why don't we say this as a confession, but thanks be to God, be to God. Who, always me who always leads me in triumphal procession in, triumphal in, Christ, in Christ and through me spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him say it out loud he has made us his sons he has given us his name he has given us his holy spirit he has restored unto us all that adam lost and more we are satan's rulers we are masters of demons and every law that sin brought into being we are winners and victors in Christ Jesus, more than conquerors. Give the Lord a shout of victory this evening. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, 
I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.